Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate your prayers and shares, (laughs) your prayers for this ministry, lots of spiritual warfare, and of course the shares on social media as we are shadow banned on Facebook and, and others, but God is still getting the truth out there. Thanks in part to you guys. Um, Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another opportunity to talk about things that matter from a biblical perspective. And Lord, help us always strive to have that eternal worldview, that biblical worldview, that we can look at what's happening around us with the the chaos and the problems in our culture and uh, the moral relativism that's rampant and everything else, sin that is rampant. Help us to see things, Lord, from the perspective of your word and help us to know that um, we need to reach people with the gospel because sin is the problem. Um, Lord, give us wisdom today, as we, we always need it, now more so than ever, and help us to understand the times that we may be able to encourage and inform, and as leaders of ministries, uh, help equip the saints and, and get them uh, battle-ready, even though some are battle-weary, and uh, some don't even know there is a battle. So, Lord, help us do our part and, and show us what that is, one day at a time. We love you. We trust you in all things, and we know that you, your faithfulness is great and your sovereignty rules over all. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's guest, we're glad to have Dr. Andy Woods back with us, author, pastor, teacher, Sugarland Bible Church in Texas, also president of Schaefer Theological Seminary. A lot of books he puts out, uh, Andy Woods Ministries. Uh, the Coming Kingdom is probably, uh, it's a big one, but uh, it's, it's probably one of my favorite I also like the falling away, but the Middle East meltdown, the coming invasion, uh, Islamic invasion of Israel, that's fascinating. That's a very short book. Uh, you might like that, plus ever reforming. Andy Woods, thank you for coming back on Stand Up For The Truth, brother. David, it's always good to be with you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I'm, I'm glad you were able to c- come on with us this Friday. You're doing a pastor's point of view, your weekly uh, video later on, and you are in Texas where they're having a lot of problems with the power, with energy, with blackouts. We are going to get in, into that in depth, talk about the Green New Deal, what's, what's that all about. But so many of us are confused about Texas and why it's happening there. But could you please give us a little update on what's happening? You're in Houston, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But how are you doing, your ministry, and how are I know you're very frustrated. I appreciate your post the other day on uh, an update on what happened with the power going out. But Andy, uh, what's happening there where you're at? Well, I just have to say, David, you know, this week I've really had my eyes opened. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't paying any attention to the Texas power grid. You know, (laughs) why should I? Exactly. I mean, but the fact of the matter is what we learned this week, you know, through, you know, folks not having electricity or heating because of the, the, you know, precipitous decline in temperature and the storm that came through is Texas was just ill-equipped to handle, you know, sub-zero, you know, I I guess I should say sub-freezing temperatures. And through it all, we've learned that 20 to 25 percent of our energy comes from green energy. And essentially what happened is um, the windmills, which I didn't even know we were dependent on, um, the solar, you know, the solar winds, all that stuff they talk about, they they stopped turning because they froze, and that caused power outages throughout the state and, you know, brownouts and blackouts needed throughout the state. And so I hope, I guess the bottom line, we'll probably get into this a little later, but the bottom line is I hope people are paying attention to what's going on in Texas because this Green New Deal that the Democrats are trying to shove through this won't just be a reality for Texas. It'll be a reality for the whole nation. So I, I don't know what to say other than my eyes have been open to stuff I didn't know was problematic. Um, but, you know, our power personally came back on Wednesday. Okay. 
And uh, the Internet finally came back for our household, I think, yesterday. And so, you know, we're still having some issues with water. We're kind of surviving on bottled water. But anyway, that's that's what's going on. You're dealing with a state that's just ill-equipped for freezing temperatures. And let's clarify, Andy is in Houston, um, Sugar Land, not in California, which they've got their problems there (laughs) with their policies. But um, so you lost power, was it Sunday or Monday? And you you finally got it back uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I think it, we started to have problems on Monday. Actually, no, come to think of it, it was yeah, it was Monday and then Tuesday. Are there still people without power in Texas? I think there are. Okay. I think there are. I haven't checked, you know, any updates this morning, but, you know, there's this commission, I forgot the name of it, but you know, they're sort of making an arbitrary decision who gets power and who doesn't. Wow. And I guess I guess you're going to play a clip a little bit yes. later, but it's got a wonderful line in it that says, you know, what's going on in Texas is like starving to death in a grocery store. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess I could do it. I guess I could starve to death in a grocery store, but I'd have to re- <laughs> I'd have to re- work real hard at it. Basically, you'd and, have to do all it, the wrong things. <laughs> yeah, I mean to have a power outage and an energy crisis in in Texas of all places. Uh, I saw an article that says it takes a special kind of stupid, you know, to do that. <laughs> And so, well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how it happened in Texas. I mean, we're up north in Wisconsin. Um, we this whole winter we haven't had any power outages, a couple severe storms, but Texas, you're now reliant uh, to some degree um, on en- wind energy. That's 23 percent now in Texas. You produce there 41 percent of the nation's crude oil, from what I see. Um, but what are what I'm hearing now about the water issues? Even those who have had their power restored, they're being told to boil water. How does that work, the water sanitation? Well, you know, my wife told me a couple of days ago, we're under a boil alert. And I'm like, well, what, what is that? <laughs> you know? It's basically, you know, when you brush your teeth or do your morning coffee or whatever, you can't use water coming out of the tap unless you boil it first because it might be you know, infected or whatever, because they're drawing it from some other alternative source because of the crisis. You know, that's the best I understand it. Hmm. And, you know, I was telling my wife the other day, I go, you know, what really angers me about this, in addition to people, you know, elderly, uh, without, you know, power or heating, um, you know, you think of a young family, a young mother with a bunch of kids, you know, mm, in the house yeah. without heating. And, you know, you can think of the basic damage that could be done to human beings. All of it is 100% avoidable. Yes. Um, it's it's not as if it was when Harvey came through here and, you know, we're dealing with circumstances beyond our control. I mean, this is not that. This is a situation where we did it to ourselves mm. because we went down this green energy mindset um, and you've got a bunch of political leaders that put us on that particular source of energy, at least 20 to 25 percent, to appease their politically correct conscious consciences, and they weren't following what I would call the true science. And so because they did that to us, that's why we're in the situation we're in. We did it to ourselves. Yes. And I, I there's a book, um, I forgot the author's name, but he's got a title for this called... Uh, democide. And he documents in there that most of the world's deaths in human history have occurred not from uh, events that they can't control, like tsunamis or earthquakes, but most most people in human history have died from their own government. And that was sort of a shocking statistic to come across. And that's what I think of when I look at the situation here with Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just our own uh, political correctness and our own, you know, wokeness and our own stupidity, you know, did this to us. So here we are starving to death in a supermarket. Yes. And I I will say, you know, (laughs) government decisions. Think of COVID, the lockdowns, the shutdowns, talking about people dying due to their own government's decisions. But I'm going to read a quote from you that you posted on your personal Facebook page, and then we're going to play a clip from Tucker Carlson on how the left pushing this Green New Deal is completely out of touch 
with American people. You said you were disgusted with the state officials who have moved Texas gradually toward green energy, wind generators. And now you say, here are some casualties that were reported from a police scanner. Apartment buildings with burst pipes, water damage so severe, roofs have collapsed, more accidents than officers and EMS can keep up with, house fires, um, no power for hours at a time, some, some haven't had power in more than 24 hours, elderly without their oxygen, hundreds of thousands are freezing, calls for help from those who have been found frozen near lifeless bodies under blankets outside, wind turbines frozen, power lines down from ice, power stations have frozen pipes and aren't able to operate, cities without water supply altogether, roads closed, no transportation available, and you go on. But right now, I want to get your response to what Tucker Carlson shared the other night. Well, the Green New Deal has come, believe it or not, to the state of Texas. And we're here with the report. How's it working out so far? Well, the good news is, all that alternative energy seems to have had a remarkable effect on the climate, as intended. Last night, parts of Texas got to temperatures that we see in Alaska. In fact, they were the same as they were in Alaska. So global warming is no longer a pressing concern in Houston. We've solved that problem. The bad news is they don't have electricity. The windmills froze, so the power grid failed. The ironically named Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which oversees the grid, had no solution to any of this. So in Houston, hundreds of shivering Texans headed to the Civic Center like refugees to keep from freezing to death. Some people in Texas almost certainly did freeze to death today. That's what happens when it gets that cold. That happens every time. When the power goes out, even advanced societies become primitive and dangerous. People die. We've seen it happen repeatedly in California for years now. Rolling blackouts in a purportedly first world state that is slipping steadily into chaos. But in Texas? Who saw that coming? If there's one thing you would think Texas would be able to do, it's keep the lights on. Most electricity comes from natural gas, and Texas produces more of that than any place on the continent. There are huge natural gas deposits all over Texas. Texas is an oil and gas state, famously. Running out of energy in Texas is like starving to death at the grocery store. You can only do it on purpose. Politicians took the fashionable route and became recklessly reliant on so-called alternative energy meaning windmills. 15 years ago, there were virtually no wind farms in Texas. Last year, roughly a quarter of all electricity generated in the state came from wind. Here's the new president explaining his plan. In my view, we've already waited too long to deal with this climate crisis. We can't wait any longer. Uh, that's why I'm signing today an ex executive order to supercharge our administration's ambitious plan to confront the existential threat of climate change. It is an existential threat. Just reading the script. Climate crisis, existential threat, ambitious plan. You hear those phrases a lot, and you'll notice that they are all suspiciously non-precise. So what do they mean for you? Well, they mean higher energy prices for starters. Gas is already up, in case you haven't noticed. Electricity will follow. Higher costs hurt the weakest. Inflation always does. But it's worse than that. Green energy inevitably means blackouts. Green energy means a less reliable power grid, period. Well, uh, Dr. Andy Woods is with us today and a pastor in Texas, Houston, that Tucker Carlson was talking about. Your response to some of the things that he was sharing. Andy, you're still there? Oh, we may have got disconnected. Okay, we may we got disconnected, but... Um, let me just go back to his Facebook page and read a couple um, of his comments that I thought, boy, it, it must be hard what they're going through knowing that they could avoid it, avoided all this. Um, and Andy, if you're there at any time, just, uh, just speak up. Um, he said, the tragedy of it all is that it was 100% avoidable. Because we are, we reared a generation of leaders that brought into that bought into the climate change mentality, and were more concerned about appeasing their own political correct consciences on the issue than they were with following true science. Countless individuals are now suffering throughout our state, as the new administration in Washington D.C. now aggressively pushes the Green New Deal. Please learn from. Texas. Green energy 
is not sustainable. You must have other energy options, fossil fuels, as a backup. He said running, quoted Tucker Carlson, running out of energy in Texas is like starving to death at the grocery store. You can only do it on purpose, as Texas did. Hang on just a second. Getting a phone call while on the air. So um, let's go over to something that's very important to recognize. Environmentalists don't have a climate problem. The but what's underlying all this? They have a God problem. God is sovereign, and in Job chapter thirty-eight, God <laughs> makes it clear He has control of the sun, the wind, the sea levels, precipitation. God is the one who quote commands the morning. By causing the sun to rise. That's Job 38, 12. He knows where the east wind is scattered upon the earth. Job 38, 24. He's the one who shuts in the sea with the doors. Job 38, 8. He prescribes limits for the sea. Job 38, 10. He says to it, thus far you shall come and no further. In other words, he establishes boundaries for the sea. That's Job 38, 11. He's the one, God is the one, who enters the storehouses of snow and the storehouses of hail. He brings rain on a land where no man is, and he gives birth to the frost of heaven. You can read all about this in Job 38. And environmentalists, uh, they, they rely so much on the control of man. Isn't that the ultimate battle. I can sum this all up, friends, and we can close out the podcast right here. No, I'm kidding. But I can sum this up up in three words. Ready? God or man. We are either following God, obeying his word, uh, applying his laws and, and, and to our culture, to our decisions, as far as the morality we follow, or we can go man's way, which is the way of rejecting God, of moral relativism, of Romans 1. Romans 1, a depraved mind. So let me just go on with this article um, before we get Andy Woods back on the line, because he's in Houston, and he just shared some of the problems they have, and I really want him to comment on uh, that clip we played from Tucker Carlson. Environmentalists... um, Let's just think about Bill Gates and um, the Bill Gates of the world are going to reduce global warming. They're going to have to do something about the sun, S-U-N, but they can't, right? No one can do anything about the sun. So (laughs) global warming, I think we're not talking about that anymore. Those aren't the conversations we're having now that Texas is sub-zero and down south and they have snow down south. And we didn't even have a white Christmas in Wisconsin this year or in December last month, two months ago. But there, were, there was snow in, like, Virginia and, and new parts of New Mexico, and, and, and it's just bizarre. Um, let's talk about the World Health Organization. They recently certified that the U.S. has cleaner air than any of the European signatories of the Paris Accords. Did you hear what I just said? The WHO, the world, and, and they blame America for a lot of the world's problems with pollution, with environmentalism. They want to control what we do and all these regulations, right? But the World Health Organization certified that America has cleaner air than any of those other countries. Germany, Italy, Switzerland, UK, Japan, Austria, and France. This is largely due to our increased use of natural gas, which has lower greenhouse gas emissions than any other fossil fuel, if that's important to you. Back to Texas now. Uh, We've only got a minute before we have to take a break. Texas produces 41% of the nation's crude oil. They now have, to to be politically correct and to please the uh, godless environmentalists, because why, if you take care of the environment, right, the, the natural, the progression of that thinking will take you to population control. That is the one of the end, because that's a solution. Man is the problem. One of the solutions is less people. So it takes you to population control, this environmental movement. Um, so 23% of its energy now comes from wind in Texas. Well, that's fine until the wind stops blowing or frigid temperatures cause your wind turbines to seize up. So the cold snap apparently took half of Texas wind power offline. 
And now Germany, over in Germany, uh, they're in the midst of a brutal winter. There's 30,000 wind turbines, and they're useless. Why? Because the wind isn't blowing, and solar panels are now useless as well. Why? They're covered with snow. One more thing. Wind turbines are responsible for an eco-catastrophe that environmentalists should be disappointed and, 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 and angry about. Why? Estimated 1.17 million birds are killed every year because of these wind turbines. One point, that's over a million birds a year, are killed because of these things. They call them bird blenders. I know it's grisly. Bottom line, there's no trendy, hip, efficient alternative to fossil fuels to heat our homes and power our cars and factories. The only question is how much damage we are going to do to ourselves until we figure that out. We're going to get Andy Woods back on the line when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So the Green New Deal just knocked Andy Woods off of our line, off of our phone line during the podcast. And uh, we need to get his response. Andy, you're back with us. What what happened just then? And and what, what what's your take on Tucker Carlson's monologue? Well, what happened just then is our server, um, you know, just went out. And so, you know, what I use for, for the landline, I couldn't communicate with you. So fortunately, I got you back here on my cell phone, so hopefully you can hear me okay. Yep, so far so good. But, um, you know, I think Tucker Carlson, you know, is exactly right. It's the whole issue is related to politicians um, basically wanting to appease their politically correct consciences and get involved in this climate change issue. And the more they do that and the more they move us away from fossil fuels into, you know, solar energy and wind power and windmills and all of these kinds of things, the more they're jeopardizing the lives, and I don't use that term mildly Mm. uh, or carelessly, the lives of American people. And so what's happening is, you know, the left keeps saying we follow true science, you know, but the fact of the matter is they're not following true science. They're following climate change mythology and they're jeopardizing the health and the welfare of their citizens in the process. Mm. And people need to figure out real fast, do they want this nationwide? Because that's the direction we're moving in. And that's one of the things that every, state by state, um, they have to decide. Again, we, a lot of us, are, we're scratching our heads by hearing these reports on the news about what's happening in Texas, not the fact that they, you guys have a cold snap. I mean, that happens. Bizarre weather patterns are more frequent in, in our time. But the fact that even Texas didn't handle it right, that should be concerning to most of America. Sure. I mean, if we bungle it here, it's going to be bungled you know, elsewhere. And, you know, this is why the left hates the Bible, because if you're a Bible reader and you read Genesis 8, around verse 22, it talks about how the earth in the Noahic covenant, you know, the covenant that God made with Noah after the flood, the earth is going to go through and it describes four cycles there, you know, seed time and harvest and other things, uh, cool and heat, summer and winter. And it describes these cycles that have nothing to do with human activity. It has to do with natural cycles the earth goes through. And one of the the four cycles is cold and heat. So, yeah, the earth is going to go through natural cycles of cold and heat that have nothing to do with SUVs or capitalism or any any such thing. Um, And the climate change mindset is we're causing these changes. Hmm. And so they're putting the economy, you know, in a straitjacket because of it, and they're jeopardizing the health of people. And that's what's that's the insanity that our country is plunging into. When we were trying to reconnect with you, Andy, um, I was sharing the logical progression of this thinking of the environmental extremists. If man is the problem, one of the solutions is population control. It's less people. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it all goes hand in hand. I think that's what this Bill Gates, 
you know, Bill Gates comes from a family of eugenicists when you, you know, track down his family tree. And, you know, that's where Planned Parenthood, you know, so-called Planned Parenthood comes from, abortion on demand. And it's a mentality that basically rejects what the book of Genesis says, and it blames man for everything. You know, as if God was not able to put man in an environment uh, you know that where man could be sustained. You know, poor God, He put us in such a uh, a difficult environment that we're going to mess it up at any point. No, that's <laughs> not what the Bible says. That's not what the Book of Genesis says. Hmm. And so everybody needs to just calm down, get back to the Bible, understand that we're going to go through natural cycles and rhythms, and these have nothing to do with human activity. These are principles that the Creator has ordained. And if that's true, I don't have to buy into the latest climate change mythology to appease my conscience. Um, because the more I buy into that, the more we start moving in the direction of so, so-called solutions you know, that are damaging to people. And that's what's going on in Texas, and that's about what's to happen nationwide. Mm-hmm. Solutions that are damaging to people. Um, Andy, it doesn't appear that um, the Biden administration got the message from or can learn from what happened in Texas. They're pushing forward with this Green New Deal. Um, What are things that that you might see uh, coming down out of this administration, whether that's an executive order or they now have the Senate and the House? Um, So what do you think is their next move? Well, you know, um, I, what scares me is not their next move. It's what they've already done. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they they killed the Keystone Pipeline. Mm, yep. Now, why would they do that? Well, that's just, it's the same, uh, you know, climate change mentality that I was trying to describe a little while ago. And, you know, John Kerry, you know, lectures everybody, oh, you can just find a job somewhere else in the green sector. You know, as if John Kerry knows what it's like to work for a living. You know, the guy's never held a job in his life, as far as I can tell. And he's married, you know, into money. I think he married uh, Teresa Hines. So he's a billionaire or a quadrillionaire, whatever he is, several times over. He doesn't know what it's like to get out and earn a living. And when you just kill off the Keystone Pipeline and tell people to go work somewhere else, you're taking away from them their livelihood to support their family. And a lot of those guys, as I understand it, were making um, $100,000 a year you know, on the low end mm-hmm. doing that. And you, you tell them, I'll just go work somewhere else you know, from a guy that's never really worked before in his life. Yeah. It's just the total insanity and arrogance of the left. And this is all because of this climate change mentality where they're taking their cues, you know, not from Pittsburgh, but from Paris. Mm -hmm. And they're following these international mandates. And, of course, the one-worlders love all of this climate change stuff. They've propagated the whole myth of climate change because they're using it as a tool to control the masses. And as the government grows, the citizen shrinks. I mean, that's what this Davos and WEF stuff is all about and climate change along with pushing the envelope on COVID, you know, are the pretexts moving us into, I would call it a globalist planned economy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is what they want at the end of the day, because it gives them control over us. And I hope uh, people can see through this and at some point are going to stand up and resist this. I hope so, too. I'm not optimistic because we've allowed them to take so much ground and push so many of these radical policies. Um, So many directions we could go right now. But one thing, what can Christians do knowing that this is already the direction of the country? Uh, We understand that God is sovereign and controls weather patterns and everything else. And when we start falling for this talk, when someone says, well, you don't care about people— uh, you don't care about climate change. What's a good response, for, just from a biblical perspective? The, we don't love our neighbor, right, because we're not taking care of the planet. Right. We're not supporting the Green New Deal. Yeah, well, I would just get back to what I was saying you know, earlier this year. Uh, I think it's called democide. When you look at the statistics on it, it's the people in world history that have been killed by their own country or murdered by their own country. 
And the particular author that I'm thinking of says if you took all of the numbers of people in human history that have been killed by their own country and you stacked them all up uh, head to foot um, and you lined them up in a straight row, that line would circle the globe, I think he said, about six times. (laughs) And so the, the vast majority of people that have died in human history have not died from natural causes. They've died from being... Uh, mismanaged or abused or tyrannized, you know, really by their own nation. And so when people say, oh, you don't care about people, well, you haven't done enough research, you know, even to make that statement, because if you, you know, the person making the statement really cared about people, they would be against what I'm talking about, and they would push back against all of these big government policies. Okay, do you have any... um closing thoughts on this topic and we can move on to some another disturbing movement that's beginning with rhetoric coming out of the media uh, in the White House about uh, insurrectionists. But before we get to that, Andy, do you have any closing thoughts on you know the Green New Deal, the environmental movement and what's happening in Texas? I know you're in Houston. That's why you got cut off a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, any closing sure. thoughts? Well, I would just say, you know, the Bible is pretty clear that you know, if if you're faithful with a little thing, you can be trusted with a big thing. So, you know, here is Texas implementing this climate change mindset at a state level, and it has failed. Mm. That's what all of this week was about. That was what was so eye-opening to me at a personal level. And the mindset is, well, you know, if we just tried this at a national scale, it would work. Or if we tried this at an international scale, it would work. Or if we tried this at a global scale, it would work. No, if it failed at a state level, it's going to fail everywhere. And so I honestly believe that God has allowed some of these things to happen in Texas as a warning to the rest of the nation Mm. and the rest of the world not to go down this path. And so I would just like people to look at Texas this week as sort of a laboratory experiment um, concerning what is destined to fail, you know, nationally and internationally, should we adopt the same mindset on a larger scale. I was speaking with Dr. Andy Woods, Andy Woods Ministries. You can connect with him on Facebook. You can check out his pastor's point of view that he does every Friday, and that's on his YouTube channel. Um, Andy, let's talk about the Trump insurrection. (laughs) I'm not calling it that. I am reading from a CNN special report. I'm looking at a photo that a friend sent me a couple days ago. Literally, it's got a picture of the Capitol, someone holding a flag, Trump Nation, and a lot of, you know, American flags and supporters that were there. But it says, CNN special report, the Trump insurrection, 24 hours that shook America. There's some dangerous rhetoric coming out of the the White House, the, the O'Biden administration, and out of the media, of course, and a, a lot of it is just to hold more power. They still have, from what I understand, they still have National Guard outside the Capitol, and there's no threat right now, you know, they, but they have this, this image of protecting, you know, the uh, new administration or, or the government from the insurrectionists. Your thoughts on how dangerous this is and where we might be heading? Well, one of the ways to know that you're being propagandized is you can see blatant contradictions in the in the propaganda you're receiving. And the reason I bring this up is this is the same crowd that told us for the last four years that walls don't work. <laughs> and here they are building a barbed wire fence, you know, <laughs> around Washington, D.C. to hold people out. Well, I thought you guys told us that walls don't work. Right. Walls don't stop immigration or immigration. So that's probably my first action My second reaction to it is I believe that what happened on January 6th to a large extent was a false flag uh, event. Um, The wheels were in motion to do that, what they did, long before Trump finished his speech. And according to the Washington Examiner, this whole thing was plotted out weeks, you know, in advance. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump. And they were going to breach the Capitol and make it look as if the Trump supporters, you know, caused the problem. And if you watch, uh, for example, Rudy Giuliani's Rumble channel or YouTube channel, I mean, I think he does a good job 
showing the crowd saying, you know, Antifa among us. And so, you know, people basically have an insurrectionist mentality, dress like Trump supporters, blaming it on the Trump people. And the fact of the matter is people that believe in that propaganda have never been to Washington, D.C., because you can't get in and out of anything in Washington, D.C., without going through multiple metal detectors and the like. I mean, I'm talking about restaurants and, uh, you know, souvenir shops. And I guess we're supposed to believe that the Capitol was so wide open that anybody could just wander on in there at a time when they're conducting critical business, you know, related to, you know, certifying the election results. And so, you know, the whole thing to me just smacks of it was a setup of some kind. But the name of the game is to make it sound like the Trump people are basically a bunch of insurrectionists. That's what you see here on this image that you sent me about the CNN special report. Yep. Once you have that in place, then boom, now we've got the pretext in place to clamp down on everybody. So let's have another run at the Patriot Act. Let's add a few levels to that. You know, Let's uh, strip people off of uh, social media because they're calling for violence, and let's impeach the president a second time, because these are violent people. So, yeah. you know, this whole thing that happened is really a false flag event, and it's been used strategically, a lot like the Reichstag fire was used by the Nazis, where they essentially did the fire on their own, and they blamed it on their political enemies, and they basically said, trust us with power, and we'll prevent events like this from happening ever again when they caused the whole problem to begin with. <laughs> and so this whole thing that happened on January 6th is really America's rice talk moment, as I like to call it. Interesting. Uh, we're, we're, you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit. We may have to reconnect with you again. Uh, we're, we're speaking with Pastor Andy Woods, and we have to take a break in a minute. But I want to get your response. We're going to continue this conversation on this dangerous propaganda um, there's an article by Cheryl Chumley at the Washington Times came out a week or so ago on uh, Christian nationalism is the left's next anti-American play. Even the New York Times put an opinion piece out titled The Capital Insurrection Was a Christian Nationalist. Uh, it was as Christian nationalist as it gets. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, is Nancy Pelosi using that event on January 6th to seize power and restrict First and Second Amendment rights. Uh, I think we might be heading in that direction. More with Pastor Andy Woods when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth is on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Stand Up WI. And share today's show via the links at the standupforthetruth.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're with Andy Woods today. He's down in Houston going through that power outage and all the problems caused by the uh, windmills, wind turbines. But um, a week from today, we're going to have a Dr. E. Calvin Beisner on. He's the national spokesman the Cornwall Alliance for Stewardship of Creation. He's an author of Where Garden Meets Wilderness evangelical entry into the environmental debate, and uh, we're going to talk to him next week. Plus, uh, the week after, we've got Washington Times columnist Cheryl Chumley coming on. Uh, she's a Christian conservative writer for the Washington Times, which is a good resource. Uh, but her article on Christian nationalism, how the left is framing the uh, the church as insurrectionists. We're all behind this. We're all right, pro-Trump insurrectionists. Andy, uh even the New York Times is coming out with uh, articles on this, and it's interesting. They must get their marching orders, and then you hear the talking points repeated. It's the dangerous conservatives, Christians, Republicans, Trump supporters. And I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that idea that they are now putting us all kind of in one group and as Christian nationalists. Your thoughts? Well, you know, you get the impression that they're setting us up for persecution. Mm. Um, yes. By categorizing all of us as criminals. Mm. You know, I didn't know that going into Washington and, as the president said, peacefully and patriotically making your perspective known, you know, is criminal activity. 
but they've stolen the narrative and they're making it sound as if, you know, we're people of violence. And if that's true, I guess we need to be monitored and marginalized in society and then ultimately rounded up and put somewhere where we can't hurt anybody. So, you know, to me, all of this stuff uh, that they're doing with the narrative is basically, you know, prepping for their ultimate goal to create a society without Christianity in it at all. And Cheryl Chumley says in this article, uh, this is the left's next go-to weapon for taking Mm -hmm. down Donald Trump supporters, patriots, limited government conservatives, and Christians who understand the founding roots of America rest in the concept of rights coming from God, not government. It's that battle, again, that's been going on for so long, Andy, that that our rights— we have an annual rights from God. Our rights do not come from the state. And we're fighting that battle, and we're going to be fighting it for quite some time, won't we? Right. And, you know, they're making it seem as if, you know, if you're in favor of limited government, that you're somehow anti-government. Yeah. And our position as Christians is not anti-government. I mean, we believe that God himself created Government, what we want is for government to stay within its limits, which are identified there, you know, in the United States Constitution. I mean, that doesn't make me a person of violence because I want that. It's just a political perspective. But if these folks through the propaganda mill can convince people that we are people of violence, then, you know, the the pretext is in place to kick us off of every area of influence, you know, in the culture. And I think that's, you know, how they're using um, events uh, like what we saw on January 6th. Yeah, when you talk about influence on culture, I, I think whenever I hear influence in the context of we as believers, I think of being salt and light, of influencing America, influence on culture. One more comment on this article before we move on. Um, she said, anything that, that de- degrades government's influence, including God, especially God, is the enemy— in the left's mind. The left, the progressive left, the democratic socialist left, the democrat left, the socialist, the Marxist left, the communist left, they're all the same, and they're all part and parcel of the same package, and it's package, she says, that is labeled, it is labeled with this one word, globalist. And you and I think on this podcast talked about the Green New, or not the Green New Deal, the Great Reset before, and that whole thing, we don't have time to get into that. But um, this globalist movement, it it really is tied in with the environmental movement, the Green New Deal, uh, globalism, uh, the the New World Order. It's really tied together. But the common enemy is God, Christians, and really the Constitution, is it not? Right. I mean, if you want maximum government, which is what these people want, and the reason they want it is because— there is no God, and if there is no God, you've got to have something to fill its place, and the, the God, little g, according to Marxism, is the state. You know, the state is supposed to, you know, be the nanny state that basically controls your life from cradle to grave. I mean, that's what these people want, not just on a national scale, what's what they want on a global scale. I mean, it's nothing new. You see Nimrod trying to do that in Genesis chapter 11, you know, through the Tower of Babel. It's what the Antichrist will do one day, um, Daniel 7, verse 23, and other passages. So what they want is maximum government, because government is God. So to get that, they've got to erase the Founding Fathers' design that they gave us, where the state has a role, but our rights come from our Creator, not the state. Mm Mm-hmm as expressed in the United States Constitution. So they've got to scrap that model, which they're actually being very effective at, and replace it with what they want, you know, maximum government, where the government is the god of of everybody. And that's the ancient battle that's been brewing throughout human Mm -hmm. history. And as you pointed out, that's the battle that's taking place right now as we speak. Yep. Three words, God or man. 
Um, we've yes. we've got about seven minutes left with you, and not to be redundant, but I want to quote Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley uh, from Missouri. He was interviewed the other day, and he said, I'm concerned about what they're laying the groundwork for here, what Nancy Pelosi is doing. I'm concerned that they continue to treat the January 6th catastrophe, that criminal riot, as an excuse to seize power, to control more power, to step on people's Second Amendment rights, to take away their First Amendment rights. And now we're hearing about a domestic war on terror. I mean, what's that going to be? an excuse to go rifle through the emails and bank statements and personal messages of law-abiding Americans? I mean, this is very, very frightening stuff. And what Pelosi and the Democrats are doing here, uh, trying to consolidate power, is dangerous. Your thoughts on what Josh Hawley shared? Well, I guess my thoughts are Josh Hawley would probably know something about it <laughs> since, um, you know, he himself, if I read my news right a few weeks ago was actually depublished, mm-hmm. you know, by a major publisher, couldn't get his book out. You know, here's a United States Senator that can't get a book published by a certain company on the pretext that his, you know, what he's advocating for is the radical overthrow of the government, which he was not advocating for that. We're now in a situation as the you know, sitting president of the United States could be kicked off Twitter Mm-hmm. which is what happened to Donald Trump. And, you know, you watch Trump's speeches on uh, cable, and all of a sudden the newscaster says, oh, we need to fact-check the President of the United States. Uh, let's uh, stop the cameras from rolling, and let's get in there and try to, you know, discredit the President. Unbelievable. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. You're going to do that to the leader of the free world? And the, the pretext for all of it is all these people are causing violence. And so they're dangerous people, and so they need to be purged from the culture. And they're using this false flag incident of January 6th, you know, as a pretext for that, the same way the Nazis used the Reichstag fire mm-hmm. back in their day. Yep, and I, I was talking with someone last Sunday after church about some of this that, that's been happening, even going back to the election night and then the next morning and what happened with the voter fraud in the swing states, and they— were clueless. And now, these are people that have kind of weaned themselves off of the news. That's fine. That's a choice that, that some people make. But then they're not informed, and they don't know how to respond to this, and they go, wow, really, that happened? You, that can't be happening in America. But this violence that happened at the Capitol, is, I want to ask you something about another article I read. Nancy Pelosi cannot explain her inaction on the Day of Chaos. A little recognized fact is that the, on the Capitol Hill is that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, is in charge of security for the Capitol, from what I understand. She's uh, in charge of the Capitol Police. If they don't perform or they don't show up, the buck stops with her. N- no one is asking—I haven't read anything, Andy, maybe you have— uh, of people asking her what happened or w- how the Capitol w- could be overthrown or overrun as simply as it was— and why were Capitol Police not more strategically employed? Um, the answers lie with the Speaker of the House in charge of the Capitol Police. You, what do you think about that? Have you read anything that, that provided any answers? Oh, any answers to that? And the fact that she orchestrated the Capitol Police almost to stand down mm-hmm. you know, and to do nothing. And when I saw this this crowd of people enter the Capitol, I thought to myself, this is obviously some kind of staged event. Because as I said before, anybody that visits Washington, D.C. can't get in and out of any monument of any significance unless they go through multiple metal detectors and the like. And so why was the whole thing left wide open? Why, why were the Capitol Police under Nancy Pelosi's jurisdiction so inept? And why do the Trump people keep saying, if you watch the videos, Antifa among us? Because it's a false flag incident. And you know what I mean by a false flag. You basically uh, commit an act under a flag, making people believe that it was a particular group that committed the act when you're running a false flag. In other words, it really wasn't the group you're accusing at all. It was a completely different group, but the people all think it was Group A. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, anybody with two brain cells to rub together that actually analyzes 
what happened on January 6th can see this for what it is. I can't believe what a fruitful and effective strategy it's been because now people think, goodness, we've got to do something to curb this violence yep. and these domestic terrorists, and we've got to shut down free speech. And it's really a, a, a very, you know, in all my adult life, um, coming of age, you know, politically, I mean, this is the most tenuous position I personally have ever seen the country in. Mm -hmm. So this is really a time for us as believers to, you know, follow uh, what Paul tells us to do in First Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4, and pray for those in positions of authority. Yes, um, and I don't know if how we all pray differently, right? Um, we pray first and foremost for their salvation, because imagine the influence they could have if they go from godlessness to faith in God and pointing people to Jesus Christ if they were to be truly converted. But I also pray, after asking God for their salvation, I also pray that they be removed from power if they do not come to know him, which most of them will not, but I don't know who and you don't know who, so we pray for them, that they would be removed from power in their position of influence, that the de the the uh, the devil's plans would be thwarted and the godlessness that he works through them. Andy, we don't have time to get into this other uh, revelation that the New York Times waited until the close of uh, the impeachment trial to retract a false story, and that was the fire extinguisher fable that killed Officer Brian uh, Sicknick on uh, the Capitol. That, that was a, they knew it was wrong. For weeks, we knew that was a lie. Uh, moving forward, we, we have to be discerning because a lot of Christians are weaning themselves off of news. So your final encouragement, Andy, for those who want to be informed but don't want to be overwhelmed with all that's happening. Well, you know, the thing with the news, I guess it was remove that story. Um, you can correct me on that. Whoever did it, I'm, I'm thinking, well, surprise, surprise, you know, they did it right after impeachment. When you know the story doesn't matter anymore, yeah, and that's why Trump kept calling these people over and over again fake news, and that's what they are—they're propaganda outlets. They are. And so I would just encourage people to be Bereans and not get attached to any particular news source, but start doing research on their own and dialing into shows like this and others, David, that you could point people to you know, that are making an effort to actually bring people, you know, credible information. You mentioned our pastor's point of view. We're trying to do that. We're not the only ones. There's a lot of good ones out there. And so I would encourage people not to disengage. You know, we need you engaged right now. Yes. But you need to be engaged via the right sources. So so be a Berean, Acts 17, verse 11, that, you know, tested all things uh, to prove what was true. And we certainly need to do that in the area of spiritual teaching, but also in this area of news. Andy Woods, Andy Woods Ministries, uh, connect with him on Facebook. We'll put the link at standardforthetruth.com. Thanks for your time today, brother. Stay warm, be safe, and God bless your ministry. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry for all the tech problems, but no, we got through it. Uh, no worries. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. And when we come back, we'll let you know our guests next week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Monday, Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, will be with us. Tuesday, Rick Scarborough of Reclaim America. Wednesday, Matt Truella, missionaries to the preborn. And Thursday, Jason Jimenez, new guest with us. And Friday, Dr. Cal Beisner. Thank you guys so much for your prayers, for tuning in. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.